Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. I want to talk to you a little bit about prayer. This is going to be a teaching. It's going to be very practical. It's going to teach you. All of us know why to pray, amen? But sometimes we don't know how to pray. Today I'm going to teach you how to pray and how to pray effectively. Because scripture says that the effective or effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. How many have a prayer life that you know God has heard you in times, you've prayed for things, you've seen answers? Hey, it works, it works. Thank you, Jesus, for your word as we go to it. Psalms, or Exodus 19, I just jumped to Psalms. I don't know why. We'll get there. Exodus 19, we're gonna go to verse 10. And the Lord said unto Moses, go into go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow and let them want wash their clothes everybody say laundry is in the bible amen you, yeah, I'll leave that at that right there go home and wash your clothes no and he I'm going to go up here because these words are small and be ready against the third day for the Lord for the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai anybody ever heard of the third day before Jesus rose again. Hey, he sets precedence in his word, the number three. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake. They used what they had, the instruments they had. Moses spake, and God answered him by a what? By a voice. I want to talk to you for a little while, a sermon that's just got a quirky title, but it'll make sense a little bit later. Whispers and a rocking chair whispers in a rocking chair. Jesus, I just ask you to help us today to hear the word of the Lord clearly and to be able to apply what we hear and take it home and use it and leverage it and see you do great things through it. In Jesus' precious name, everybody said amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> I'm excited. God is good. Theologians use some terminology that we don't always talk about in church, and that is something that we bumped into in life group this week. And <laughs> I got your attention. And it was like um, we were just talking over some things, and we got into the what's called the permissive and perfect will of God. We started talking about what theologians use as permissive and perfect, but it could be said the general, the general will of God or the specific will of God. And some people don't really feel like there's a difference in that, but I wanna just give you some encouragement that the general will of God is found in the word of God. Everyone should apply the word of God to their life. That's general, that's public, that's available for anybody. The scripture says there's no private interpretation of the word of God. If you get a scripture, uh, maybe maybe you don't want to read from the King James Version, but maybe you want to get a more dynamic version, like um, the English Standard Version, or Lord help you if you go to message, but that's all the way down on the totem pole. That's like going from Cadillac to Chevy. Oh, I'm preaching now. 
You could at least bust down to a Ford or something, but not all the way to a Chevy. Oh, oh come on now. And so that's basically what it means is like the, the general will of God is found in the scriptures, but the specific will of God for your life is often found in your relationship in prayer with God. He'll speak something specific to you. I need, a, I need God to speak to me. Now, there's certain religions that say God doesn't speak to man. He spoke through his word. His word is perfect, finished, and enough. And that is true in and of itself. His word is perfect. We heard a little bit about God's math this morning. How many thought that was amazing? God gives a number. He sticks to it. But also, you have to understand that even though his word is perfect and complete and is alive and healthy for us to digest in our spirit, man, and to take in and to live by, we also have to understand that we shall not live by bread alone. And this is the bread, the word of God. We shall not live by bread alone, the scripture says, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words, when God speaks to you or when God puts a thought in your mind, often God will whisper. Often God will say something very lightly. And if you're surrounded by busyness and you have noise on every time and you never take a quiet moment with God, there's a very real chance you can, you can go to heaven and you can live the general word of God, but you need to do more than just live by the word. You need to get the God speaking in your life to you, whispering things in your, in your thoughts. Not, not maybe an audible voice, but we're going to talk about that in a minute. But, but what I really want you to understand is, is that you don't just need to get salvation. You need to get into the presence of God through prayer. You need to spend time with the Lord. Amen. I want to relate to God through a relationship where he speaks with me, whether it's through thoughts, not an audible, audible voice maybe, but through thoughts, through things he whispers to me. God speaks softly, but he speaks things that are forever. Amen. So the big question I want to ask you is if God speaks in specific ways to us, he needs to speak to me about my marriage. He needs to speak to me about relationships. He needs to speak to me about uh, my finances. Everything belongs to him, amen? And so I want him to guide me and to lead me. And if his guiding plan is the best plan for, he's got thousands of years of doing this real good, amen? I, I could think the best way, I could, I could tally up the odds, the goods, the bads, the, the pros, the cons. I could tally it all up and come up with the best decision based upon weighing out all these different factors and, and, and then have grief and anxiety before I decide to make a decision. But if I put it in the hands of God, I can literally go to God and say, what does his word say, general will of God? And then go to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, what do you have to say about about this issue. And, and some people don't really understand what to pray. And they're, they're like, I, I know I need to pray. And if I asked you, do you, do you feel like you need to pray? And, and do, you, do you know you need to pray? Most people say, yeah, I, I know that. And, and yet, whenever we offer times of prayer in a service like this, and we say, would you come and be prayed for? And let us maybe anoint you with oil, as the scripture says, and pray the prayer of faith. Oftentimes, it's met with a little bit of timidity. Because it's like, well, maybe there's someone that needs it worse than I do. But did you know that everybody needs prayer? I really believe that there are laws passed in our country that if someone would have been praying, that law wouldn't have gotten passed. I really believe that prayer affects every fabric of us and who we are, our country, our society. I believe that prayer has the power to change things. And so if you value the voice of God in your life, and everybody would say yes on that, because you already did. I, I set you up for that. 
I already asked the question. How much time, oh, this is going to be rough. How much time in your daily schedule have you allotted for hearing God's voice? That might be an embarrassing question for some of us because we get so busy and all of us have our own busy and our own, our own schedules that can be hectic. But because we are so busy, we tend to hope that we're going to get to a time of prayer at times. Let me help you with this. I, I want to be practical in this teaching of, of how to pray, not just why. We know why. Now I've re kind of set up the sermon in the way that I tell you, I'm telling you that we all need prayer. You need prayer for everything. And somebody, you know, I get a lot of questions asked me as a pastor, like, you know, what do, what do I read in the Bible? If I'm going to start reading the Bible, where do I read? Or if I'm going to start praying, how do I pray? Or, or what should I pray? And I want to answer both those questions really quickly for you, okay? Here's, here's the, the secret to everything about God. No, I'm sorry. My sarcasm is way too thick today. When someone asks me, how, what do I pray about if I'm going to pray, if I'm going to meet with God? And I tell them, just pray about what's ever on your heart for that day. Because God, maybe you'll get a call from a family member that needs prayer. Take that to the Lord in prayer. Maybe you'll have a situation where there's some friction going on in a relationship. Take that to the Lord in prayer. Whatever is on your heart, take to the Lord in prayer. I believe, now this may just be, be me, you know, first chapter, second verse of Calhoun. I don't know. But I really believe that when the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart, that he literally poured out his heart to God in order to get what God wanted in his heart. I really feel like that's what it's like to walk with God, is to just pour out things to him that you may not understand or may need help with. And God will strengthen you and encourage you and help you, and he'll put his desire in your heart. How many felt the Lord in this place this morning? How many just felt things just kind of fall off and you just felt re rejuvenated and refreshed in the presence of the Lord? That's what God will do when we learn how to be in his presence. So today I want to teach you how to be in God's presence in prayer and knowing that he is the master orchestrator of the greatest plans in our life, we should take time to be in his presence. I love the words of David in Psalms 85. It says, I hear this most gentle whisper from one I never guessed would speak to me. David first heard God whisper when he was a young shepherd. He learned how to play and sing unto the Lord and create worship for the Lord, and that opened the door for him to hear from God. And afterward, he heard God's voice, and when you hear God's voice, God will tell you what is precious and what is to be protected. You have to understand that you can drift away from things you should be protecting if you're not spending time in the presence of the Lord. Because he'll teach you what is precious and he'll teach you what should be protected. And I love that about prayer because it reminds me again and again, hang on to these values. Hold on to this. Don't sell out to that. Buy the truth and sell it not. Amen. All of these things will flood into your mind when you're in prayer. He describes the voice of God as a most gentle whisper. What if, what if we're not hearing from God because we're not setting a time with God? We don't have a place with God. And guess what? When you can pray, I say guess what a lot, but I'm telling you, if you know how to pray, you are a weapon for the spiritual world. You have a spirit in you. So everything that you do in life can affect your spirit, amen? Everywhere your body goes, your spirit interacts with it too. 
So you have to understand that wherever your feet go, you are meant to impact spirit in those places. Not just do something and accomplish goals and, and a task done and check marks, but you're actually supposed to walk into that place and say, God, I am here to not only accomplish a goal. I'm not only here to just, just do good and be diligent and be successful and be and do things with excellent, but excellence, but I'm also here to ask you, Lord, what do you want me to affect spiritually? How do you want me to pray for my coworker? How do you want me to infect this environment or affect this environment? And then you have to understand that there's very strong ways that you can pray back spirits that you can encounter. You may not even know that they're there, but there's a powerful way to do that. I'm going to give you seven things you can do to fight Satan in prayer. Number one is you can plead the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? You can say, Lord, I plead your sacrifice on the cross. Now, when we say that to people that are like, no, I don't want any blood pleading. Don't come near me with blood. I'm leaving. But what that really means, it's a, it's a church term, but it comes from the word of God, meaning that whenever you plead the, the perfect sacrifice of Jesus in a situation, you're actually saying, Jesus, because of the blood you shed on the cross, because of the fact that it seals the church and seals me in my life, I want you to take that work of your sacrifice and apply it to the environment and the spirits that are here. I want you, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over a situation. When I do that, I'm asking for the work of Jesus Christ on the cross to hold on to and protect the things that are precious where I can't be there and protect things where I can't be there. That's why you can send your kids into school and say, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over my children. That's why you can trust family members into the hands of the Lord. Even if you can't do something, you just say, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus on them, the protection of precious things. Amen, somebody. And number two, our testimony. We can take our testimony and we can fight the enemy. You can't fight an experience. Amen. You cannot fight it. I want you to know that when we were, it was, it was a few months. I don't even know if I said this in a sermon, but it was a few months back and we were, I was driving and I, I guess I don't always look out the windows when I'm driving on the side. I try to be pretty aware, but I'm mostly just trying to get to my destination. And I've driven by the Motel 6 on the corner down here for quite a few times. And, and, and I know there's stuff going on in that hotel. I knew there were things that weren't going that weren't, there weren't good that were happening in that hotel. And I knew it was a, it, it was a magnet for, for bad things happening because I know the police chief of the town of Brookfield. And I know these, 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 um, um, police officers that have been deployed. And I know the reports and there had been more than three shootings take place at that hotel. And there had been, there's all kinds of sin and debauchery going on. You, you name it, it was happening in that hotel, drugs and prostitution. And I'm like, finally, it just dawned on me. I drive by this thing every week going to church and I have never prayed over that place for God to remove any spirits or, any, or for God to protect us when it's only blocks away. So I began to pray and I just asked the Lord, I said, I pulled up and one day, I don't know if it was righteous indignation, I don't know what it was, but I had an experience where I know if I pray against something, God will begin to work. And so my testimony kind of kicked in and I used the same prayer that I've used before. I said, God, don't let me beg, but I'm praying right now, you either clean up that place or you shut it down. And next week, driving to church, it was closed. I'm talking about over 50 rooms in a hotel room. That doesn't just close overnight, but the power of effectual fervent prayer 
prayer where you say, my experience says, if I will pray, faith believing, God has done it before, he can do it again. And I believe that God heard that prayer and I said, Lord, I am your child and you don't make your kids beg for anything. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed a begging bread. I know for a fact that you will answer a faith-filled prayer. And now it's for sale. (laughs) I didn't even pray that prayer. He just took care of that too. They're not coming back. You don't have to pray, Lord, keep it. One prayer takes them out and they will not come back if you pray faith believing in the name of Jesus. That's the third one. Pray in the name of Jesus. Why wouldn't we pray in the name of Jesus? Jesus is the name we use in baptism because he's the whole reason why we're getting baptized. He's the whole reason why we can come to God. He says that he is the mediator between God and man. The man Christ. Jesus, the flesh of Jesus, the one that was inhabited on earth, God in a body. He's saying the body is the sacrifice that died on the cross so you and I can come back in relationship with God Almighty. Thank God for a sacrifice like that. When you say the name of Jesus in prayer, you're saying, God, I submit to you your sacrifice and I want it to affect the world. That is what you're saying, amen? Amen, somebody? The word of God, number four, is the thing that you can use to fight Satan. Number five, prayer and praise. Number six, the angels of God. You can ask God to send angels. The Bible said he gives his angels charge over us. He can actually charge angels or give them commissioned uh, orders because of our prayers. The Holy, the Holy Ghost is number seven, Amen. So here we go. Here's the practical part of it. You can write if you want to take notes. Number one, how do, I, how do I value God's voice and how do I hear his whisperings? Number one, set an appointment. Oh, that's a big one. I know you saw that one coming. Just like anything, you else, anything else you set an appointment for, if you have Outlook or you set appointments at work or whatever you do on your smartphone or your, um, or your device, whatever your device may be, Um, You can set an appointment just like that with God. Do you know how you set an appointment? Real easy. Place and time. Set a time you're going to meet and a place you're going to meet. If you want to meet with God, then set a time and place. God didn't look at Exodus 19. Let's just go back to the text real quick. Exodus 19, 10 and 11. It says, and the Lord said unto Moses, I'm going to set an appointment with you. I want you to go unto the people and sanctify them for the day and tomorrow today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. In other words, he said, I want them to prepare. Hear me. You need to prepare to be in God's presence. We had an event last night, which was really fun. And we're all a little bit tired. Maybe you're a little bit fatigued because you stayed up too late. I like to prepare on Saturday night to be in God's presence on Sunday. I like to do everything I can. And God's speaking to me about this. I'm, I, I'm, I'm excited about the presence of God being here, but what if, what if we prepared for Sunday? What if it wasn't? We got up and said, well, I think we'll make it to the house, to the house of the Lord today. What if we laid out our clothes the night before so the kids and everybody else was, was not running around frantically trying to get to church? You know that saying that, never mind, I was going to say how people can get to church faster than anything else in the world because they get up like at 9, you know, like 9.55 and they're in church by 10, you know, ever heard that one? 
it was a meme and it was it showed a it showed a cartoon character with her hair all a mess and it said 955 and then it showed her five minutes later in church and her hair was all perfect and she was like ready for the choir you know this is what we do we can sometimes just race into the presence of god and race into a service and we might have said thank you jesus i'm glad i'm here before the 11th hour hits before 11 o'clock hits but we can't expect god to show up listen hear me out because this is a principle of god i don't want to offend you in any way but you have to understand this you may want to write it down i'm going to make a statement that's very important for your walk with god and that is god comes to a prepared atmosphere God comes to a prepared atmosphere. Can you imagine if I just got up here and preached whatever I was thinking on the top of my head? My lips have been chapped because the wind's picked up. And I... What a mess. What a mess. So we used to do that in church. We used to blame everything, our lack of preparation on the Holy Ghost too. Well, we're going to let the Holy Ghost move. I'm not blaspheming the Holy Ghost in any way. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost moving. But I want you to know that we can't blame our lack of preparation on the Holy Ghost. We need to prepare and sometimes prepare takes friction. Amen? Any motion, come on, help me some engineers in the room, any motion has friction. If you're going to move anywhere, you have to overcome initial friction. Amen? All right, I'm not going to preach a bunch of science. So if you want to hear from God, prepare for it. I know this is earth-shattering, isn't it, Brother Dean? Prepare for it. Set an appointment with God. And then people always come to me and go, oh, but pastor, when, when should I pray? I heard 5 a.m. is a good time. If you ask me to pray at 5 a.m., I'm going to be seeking God for a dream. <laughs> How many have got up in the morning to have a good devotion and found yourself waking up like close to the time you need to go get a shower to go to work? I mean, it's like you just sit down with your Bible and just go back into the presence of the Lord. I'm seeing a vision from the Lord and... It's on the back of my eyelids. <laughs> I actually don't pray as well in the morning. I'll be honest with you. Here's what, I, here's what I tell people. If the Lord required of the children of Israel the first and the best, then a lot of times what's preached is give God the first of your day, but sometimes the first of your day is not the best of your day. If you're not a morning person, you're going to get up and you're going to slog your way through and you're going to maybe have a half-hearted devotion or maybe you're going to have a half-hearted awake, barely awake kind of moment with God. You need to not only give God your first, but you need to give God your best. If you get up first thing in the morning, go ahead and honor God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad I'm alive today. I'm going to serve you with my life. But if you're not a person who's at their best at 5 a.m., don't set 5 a.m. appointments with God. You need to give God your first and your best. So what I do is I give God my morning in declaration and my day in the best moment of my day. And that's usually over my lunch hour because I'm always awake right after I ate. No, I'm just kidding. I actually have had the most powerful moments. I remember when I felt like giving up. And I, listen, I mail in my license to the United Pentecostal Church every Monday. And if not, then I offer it up as a burnt sacrifice unto the Lord. I mean, every month, maybe five times a week I do it. But then uh, the Lord talks to me and I take the calling up again on Friday and get here and preach on Sunday. No, I'm, that's a, pastor, a preacher joke, preacher humor. But really what happens to me, um, it, there was a point where I was, I was feeling really low and I just left for lunch and I drove downtown uh, 
downtown Pewaukee, and I just pulled into that park right by the, the railroad tracks right there. And I just sat there, and I just began to pray. And the only thing I could get out of my broken spirit was, I believe. I just kept saying, I just kept saying, I believe. I believe you're going to do this. I believe you're going to do what you said you're going to do. You promised us and you told us things and you never break your promises. And I just kept saying, I believe and I believe. And the Holy Ghost filled that car over an I believe prayer. And God strengthened my faith and I'm still here today. Thank, thanks be to God, amen, that a prayer life kept me. So preparation, have a have a place where you prepare to meet with the Lord. God comes and meets with you there and pick that time and set it and try to keep it, amen? There was a, a pastor in Alaska that always met with the Lord at 6 a.m. Everybody say, that's early. That's really early. Um, I, I typically get up around that time, but I meet with the Lord either in the morning. Some of the best times I meet with the Lord is I actually have in my office, I have an hourglass. And I, when I come home from, from church or come home from work, I often go downstairs and I'll flip that hourglass over and I'll spend time with the Lord because it's warm down there. <laughs> Our prayer room is cold. <laughs> so I like to go down there and just spend time with the Lord. I'm sorry if you don't understand what I'm trying to set up here is that an appointment with God is, is very, very important because if you miss an appointment with God, you can, you can be missing great things in your life. Some of the most, let me say it like this, a misappointment is a disappointment. And sometimes Christians live disappointed lives because they're not setting the appointments they're supposed to make with God. If you let God create a life that feels good on the inside, no one, not one that just looks good on the outside, God will change you forever. So, number two, be still and worship. Everybody say, be still and worship. Psalms uses that progression. He says, be still and know that I am God in Psalms 46 and 10. They're going to put that scripture up for us, and I want you to see this. I want you to see this really quick. It says, be still and know that, I'm, that I am God. And sometimes we don't be still in the presence of God. Do you, do you take time to be still in God's presence? That's really important. And the reason why that is is because when you be still, he teaches you about himself. And maybe we don't know God's in a situation because we haven't been still long enough for him to tell us that. That's the progression. First be still and then know that I am God. I wish that there was more times where I learned how to be still in God's presence and wait on him. So that was the word. I want to know him more, amen? He will fight our battles for us. I'm grateful for that. And then number three, pray and read. So in this particular structure that I'm trying to give you, uh, this is in order. You can actually do this in order. You can set an appointment. You can be still and worship God. You have to understand that your worship fights the battle for you. Let me show you a couple things. Number one is Exodus 14, 13. Look at the word of God here on whenever you can spend time in the Lord, he'll give you some statements. Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still. Everyone say, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. Everyone say, today. When you get still in God's presence, he does a quick work. 
Just know that. Exodus 14, 13 is, is a beautiful place because it says right here, for the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. In other words, when we get still and pray to the Lord, he will take the fight for us to our enemies. And not only will he remove the battle, but you'll never see that type of battle again. You may fight other things in your life, but it's never going to look the same when you give it to the Lord. Amen. Know that there's power in your prayers, brothers and sisters. There are power. There, there's great power in prayer. Second Chronicles 20, verse 17 and 21. Um, some, some have asked me, okay, pastor, so um, there's power in prayer and there's, there's, great, there's great need for me to have a prayer time, set an appointment to pray and, and seek God. But what if I pray and it's not answered? What if I pray and... and and, and God doesn't answer the way I think he should. I think the best way to do something like that is because we often forget the prayers we prayed over time, you need to journal in your presence, with, in the presence of the Lord. You need to get yourself, I have a, a pastor friend that I know that uh, goes every morning to McDonald's. He's been McDonald's customer of the month. <laughs> Because he goes there every morning for his prayer time. Just gets a coffee and an Egg McMuffin, and he opens his Bible, and he prays, and he seeks God. And, and however you choose to do that, whether you put in music or you put in earbuds, um, I, Sarah has different ways of doing it than I do. Sometimes I ask the Lord in the morning, God, what song do you want me to sing to you? And sometimes it's a song so old, I don't even remember the words. And sometimes it's a newer song. And I don't sing it out loud. I sing it in my head because when I sing it out loud, you know, it hurts people and dogs start howling and it's very tragic. And, and people are like, that guy got in the wrong line when God was passing out vocal cords. He got in the non-singing line. But nonetheless, I will, I will sing that song to the Lord. I'll ask him, what song do you want me to sing? Because worship opens a door that you can't open any other way. And so I go into the presence of the Lord and... The beauty of this is that whenever I'm in his presence, he fights this battle for me. And it's very important that, that we sing about that. We have, this is how I fight my battle. We're talking about our praise being the, the, ba the, the, the help in the battle. And ye shall, Second Chronicles that I referenced here in the scripture says, ye shall not need to fight this battle. Set yourselves, set yourselves, stand ye still. Wouldn't you like this as a message from God? You won't have to fight that battle. The battle you're thinking about right now is if whatever you, when I say, what are you fighting right now? Whatever comes to your mind, if you will pray to the Lord about it, you won't have to fight that battle. He'll fight it for you. That's powerful. That's powerful. And so don't, don't think it's strange that I'm over there dancing and worshiping during the worship time and that I'm excited and you see me flailing limbs because I'm so excited. And the reason why is because I know that when I leave here today, some of the battles I was going to have to face are already fought. I wish I could get you that. I wish I could get you excited about what I'm talking about. In other words, when you left Friday from work and you were seeing something that was going to be difficult, when you get back, God can have it taken care of for you. It can already be handled, and it can be handled through the battlefield of praise. I'm thankful that I know that I can stand still in the presence of the Lord and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. In other words, what's going on in scripture right here is they're surrounded by three armies. You don't know that because I did the study. I'll study it out and I'll bring it to you. Just, you know, it's warm, it's cooked, it's ready to eat. So the next verse, 
is actually verse 21 that I asked him to grab. And look what happens. He says, be still, and I'm going to fight the battle for you. And then watch what happens. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, not soldiers. That seems a little bit illogical, right? You're going to go to battle against three armies that have gathered against and surrounded Jerusalem and Judea. Let's get some singers. I'm looking at Brother Jens because it's like hilarious that this would be the first line of action. But this is what he knew to do because he knew God was fighting for him. So he gets singers and that, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord. Have you ever had someone say, praise the Lord? It's in the word. Just so you know, they're not out of line. If they drive you crazy because they always go, praise the Lord, brother. Praise the Lord. It's right there. Actually, what happened was he was saying, you're surrounded by your enemy, but if you will put worship first, you will not have to fight this and, and say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. In other words, God's going to show us mercy in every battle, in every enemy, every situation. He's going to make our generation stand. He's given us what we need to conquer, and it's in our praise. Amen somebody so you got that one so number one was what set appointment set an appointment time and place with God number two was what be still and worship number three is pray and read okay here we go so first thing you need to do is you need to start in prayer our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us not our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. That's the model, right? That's what Jesus gave us. So start in prayer and then read the word. And people are always like, Pastor, where should I start reading? I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be mind-boggling, okay? Start on the inside. It's, it's a good place to start. And You know what? And I tell you what. There are places in the Bible that are a little bit dry. I get it. So-and-so begat, so-and-so begat. Yes, I'm going to give you a pass. This is permission from pastor in the official role of pastor. Because sometimes you can get in the begats, and you, you can read begat, begat, and pretty soon you're begatting tiredness. <laughs> in fact, if you want to not count sleep but go to bed quick, just read the begats. But I'm going to give you a, a pass here. You are allowed to pass the begats and read something different. Start in the New Testament, but start anywhere in here. This is the word of the Lord. This will all change you. So people ask me, where do I start? I just say, open the book and read. The best thing to do is to do it. That's the important thing. And so pray and then read. The scripture um, for uh, reaching out to God is very important, but, but while you're praying, he will illuminate things in the word of God to you that you need to address. And so I want to just hit a couple of those real quick. If you look at Acts, uh, if you look at Acts 13, 2, real fast, we come out of worship and God answers things and they ministered the Lord, this is in the worship part, and fasted, and the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas, and Saul of work unto you, I have called them. While they were ministering to the Lord, God spoke to them. In other words, while they were seeking God, while they were praying, God spoke to them. Prayer is the best weapon to win our unseen battles. Amen, somebody. So as you pray and read, as you pray and read the word, it will bury itself and seed itself in your heart, and God will speak to you. And number four, everyone say the last one. Amen. Here we go. You guys are doing great. Listen and write. Listen 
and right. Let's jump down to Psalms 119, 147. We have 150 Psalms in the scriptures where David listened and wrote. Amen? So this is, this is a place where I want to take you to Psalms 119, 147. It says this, I prevented the drawing of the morning and cried, I hoped in thy word. In another translation, right in that area, it said that he wrote down what God told him. And then let's go to Psalms 45, 1. I think I might have miswrote that reference. Psalms 45 and 1. It says, my heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. In other words, he makes notice that when he wants to do something powerful, he's, his tongue is like a writer that's specific. And, and so it says in First Chronicles 28 and 19, it tells us this word. It says, and this, said David, the Lord made me understand in writing. Everyone say writing. By his hand upon me, even all the works of this pattern. In other words, what he's saying here is, I didn't understand it till I saw it in writing. So what he's saying is whenever you, I'm trying to make the application here for you that whenever you're praying to God and whenever you're seeking God, it's very important that you spend time listening to the Lord, not just talking to him. This is not just a one-way street. This is not just a, it's a, not just a monologue. It's a dialogue back and forth. So when you pray and you read the word of God, then listen to what God will say and don't just listen, write it down. Like if you're like, I'm praying for everything, write every, get a, get a journal and just write it all down. One, the pastor that I told you about that went to McDonald's, he has 30 years stacked on his back credenza of journals of him going to McDonald's every morning. 30 years worth of journaling, of praying to the Lord and prayers answered. And so the way that you can remember whether you, you saw a prayer answered, you will blow your mind if you write it down. If you go, Lord, I'm praying for um, so-and-so and, -so, and I, I'm praying for this person and that person, you can flip back through your journal 10 years later and go, wow, look what God did in their life. Wow, that's amazing. I forgot about that. I have a little rock that we picked up at a flea market and it says on, it was, it must have been an older flea market because it, there was a lot of older people there, but it, it, the rock said, I've forgotten that I had planted this here, and it was one of those rocks you put in your garden. It said, I have totally forgotten that I planted this here. <laughs> but that's what your prayer needs to be like. You need to pray so many prayers and get into God's presence so often that whenever you see, your, when you go back and read through your journal, whenever you see God answer a prayer, you can be like, man, that's so good. I pray so many prayers. I forgot I prayed that seed. I just keep sowing and going. Just keep sowing and going and keep Pray and keep praying and just pray over everything. Write it down. And then when you write it down, what happens is an understanding comes to you that you can't quite understand. He, he wrote down the plans of the tabernacle, David did. And so in order for him to do the working of the tabernacle and prepare everything that was needed for the tabernacle, for the building of the tabernacle, he had to write it down. And when he wrote it down, he understood it. That's what it's talking about. And then First Chronicles 28, 19 we see that God speaks to us. And this, said David, the Lord made me to understand. That's the verse, the verse I just hit. And then Habakkuk 2 and 2, our last verse today. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tablets that he may run that readeth it. In other words, transfer is based on writing it down. You can't tell your testimony like you can tell your testimony if you will write it down. 
If you've ever wanted an assignment from the pastor, please go home and write down your testimony. You will save someone's soul with your testimony. You will challenge them so much that they want to know the God that saved you. And if he did it for you, he loves them that much. Amen? Amen. And I close with this story. Bill Heibel, in one of his books called Whispers, is talking about prayer. And Bill Heibel is a pastor of a very large church in Chicago. And he had a man come to him after he was preaching on prayer, a service just like this. And, and yeah, I get excited up here, but I want you to know that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, the Bible says, changes a lot, changes things. It, it affects everything. And so he was preaching a message on prayer and talking about setting an appointment and spending time in God's presence and, and doing all the things that I said here, you know, just set an appointment and, and be still and worship and pray and read and then listen and write. All those things he said. And then this guy comes up to him afterwards and he's a major, a major success in the church. He, he, he's a businessman and he was in marketing and very successful in Chicago. And he's like, what world do you live in? Do you really think people have time to do that? He goes, I go from dark to dark. To, to be as successful as I am. And, and because I'm as success, successful as I am, I have major responsibilities all day long. He goes, I'm lucky to get downtime and personal time. He goes, how do you expect me to do what you just preached? And he was like, well, sir, if, if you don't, you're going to be disappointed one day. You're going to get to the end of your life and not have God appointments in your life where you can point back and say, look what God did here. Because I set that appointment or I gave that thing to God, look what God did there. And he said, okay, all right, I get it. I'm going to go home and try this. So he left and he went home and he put a rocking chair in one of his rooms. And he would get up every morning and meet with the Lord in that rocking chair. And about a year later, he came back to the pastor and he said, Pastor, I feel like the Lord's talking to me to retire early. He goes, I got plenty of money but I want to retire and I want to come here to the church and help you with the marketing of the church. And he said, oh, really? You sure you don't want to go back to that rocking chair and check that one over one more time? And he's like, okay, I will. And he came back a couple months later. He goes, I've done it. I've left my heavy marketing job in Chicago. And the church just began to, to grow massively, not just because of that, but because of the desire to see people far from God reached for the Lord and about 10 years later he came back to the pastor he said pastor you remember that one sermon you preached he goes I haven't missed a morning in the rocking chair with my Lord in 10 years he goes but because of that I have to tell you I feel like the Lord's leading me on to my next step my next level and he stepped into a ministry position in Colorado and helped plant a church in Colorado and the story I'd like to say was most beautiful and everything went well, but sometimes genetic gets in the way, sometimes other things happen, and cancer ran in the family, and he came down with cancer. But his family testified that even when he was going through his treatments, he always made his way to that rocking chair. And every morning he would meet with God. And I... I want you to know that God wanted to meet him there as much as he wanted to meet God there. 
I know of another pastor who met with God at 6 a.m. every morning and when he was caught in a car accident and he got hurt and he was in the hospital, the nurses told the pastor when he came to visit, they said, we don't know what's going on, but every morning at 6 a.m., all of our instruments go absolutely haywire. His heart monitor just goes nuts. Everything that we have for instrumentation that's plugged into him goes haywire. He's like, pastor smiled. He said, he used to meet with God every morning at 6 a.m. Because God can't meet with him anymore. Because he doesn't come to where he met with God. God comes to where God can meet him. And so the story goes, this man in, Col in Colorado now helping with this church, he got the doctor's report and he walked in with the doctor's report and sat down on his rocking chair where he met with God. And the doctor's report was grave. It said, you have only a month to live. And he absorbed that report sitting in that chair in the presence of God. And when this pastor that knew him from here in Chicago was called out to his funeral to give the eulogy, his wife came up to his pastor and said, remember that sermon you preached about how God whispers when we get close to him. He said, my husband still had that rocking chair. In one of his last moments in life in hospice care, he spent it in a rocking chair sitting and talking to the Lord, hearing the whispers of God as he left this world to his eternal reward. And the interesting thing was, is the family gathered around the pastor and they began to thank him one by one. And he said, it wasn't me, but it's the truth of God's word that if you will set an appointment with God, he will forever change your life. And they have passed that rocking chair down through the family as a testament to the beauty of meeting with God. And now his grandchildren sit in that chair every morning and it's changed their entire family. Ministers came from a moment in a rocking chair, just listening to the words whispered by God. I can tell you that I don't know much more than what it means to walk to an altar and lift up my hands and listen for the whispers of God. My mother played the piano right over here and I remember walking down at the age of 12, kneeling down, and a tear fell off my face and wetted the red carpet. Remember when they had red carpet? That was the thing to do at church, and to have red carpet everywhere. But that one tear felt like it was falling forever, and it hit the floor, and it turned wet. And that was the tear where I gave myself to the Lord. And in that moment, I said, Lord, if you want my life, you can have it. And he has spared my life so many times, and I believe it's because my life belongs to him and he has more for me. I know I've run long, but hear me when I tell you, you've got to get into the presence of God because it forever changes you. Everything that we need is in his presence. Every hope dashed can be restored in his presence. Every dream crushed can be rebuilt in his presence. He makes beauty from ashes, amen? So I just ask you today, you make appointments with people you don't even like. <laughs> Why not make an appointment with God who can change your forever? Amen.
Let's stand together. Let's stand together. Jesus, this is how we fight our battles today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to make this whole place an altar. You don't have to step out if you don't want to, but I'm praying that you will make a commitment to God this week. Set a time and a place. Make a commitment to God for the rest of your life if you can. Lord, I don't know if it's always going to be the exact same time and place. That's not what's important. What's important is have I have an urgency to meet with you, Jesus. Let's, let's open this altar and let's pray. Let's seek God together. In Jesus' name, help us sing this song. Come on, come and get some victory if you need it in prayer right now. Come and spend some time with the Lord. Set a time and place. Pray. Plan to pray and read. Plan to listen and write. Come on, come in and just be still and worship. Be still and worship just right now. This is how I fight my battles. Come on, just bring your Bible if you want to and just hold on to the Word of God and stand there and just say, God, I'm going to be still and I'm going to take your Word and I'm going to put it into my life. I'm going to let the general Word of God lead my life to salvation, but I want a specific Word from the Lord today. God, I need to prepare to be in your presence. Help me to value your voice so much, God, that I prepare for your moving, that I prepare for your touch, Jesus. I want to set an appointment with you, God, right now in time. This is how I fight my battle.